Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, hey, hey. It's Theo J and welcome to The Motion, a debate podcast which sees two guests with conflicting opinions engage in an intellectual tug of war to sway my vote to their side of The Motion. From music to society, culture to sports, the topic may vary from week to week, but one thing is always guaranteed. Your emotions will be set in motion. Go back to where you came from. Well, should we? This is something that is often said as a racist remark, but recent increases in tensions may lead the diaspora to feel like it's time to return. But is it that simple? Can you really just up and go and move to a country that is nothing like what you're used to and you have no real experience of? That's the debate today. Due to the background of myself and the guests, we'll be focusing on Africa for the most part and Nigeria specifically. But if your context is more Poland, more Japan, more Caribbean, tune in as well as I'm sure some parts will be relevant. Debating this today on the side that we should stay right here we have Noni, an OG friend of the pod who you might recognise from the Gospel Debate or Battle of the Goats last season. She's British Nigerian, born and raised in London but currently working in tech in Lagos Nigeria. On the other side we have Okemdi, who was born in Lagos but raised in London which are the only L's <laughs> he wants associated with him. He also works for an African data and corporate engagement company. We'll see if you'll be getting another L in today's debate. Before we start though, I have an icebreaker so the audience can get to know you a little bit better. Tell me you're Nigerian without telling me you're Nigerian. If I say, hmm, it can have 20 different meanings depending on the intonation, i.e. hmm or hmm or hmm. And I know that (laughs) any Nigerian knows that those are three different things. I'll use a similar phrase but if I say ah the gravity of that ah can either be incredibly deep or just okay that's a bit of a shock and if you double it like a ah ah that's a whole nother thing oh yeah yeah that's that's a different flavor right there that's a different flavor flavor. got this question from the no shame in my name podcast when I was on it and my answer there was that I don't say anything associated with the word death dying on the hill you're not gonna catch me on any hill bruh that pushed me to the edge all my friends are dead Silent in the club. <laughs> Silent. With that out of the way, let's get into the opening statements, a rough summary of what you think and why. My main argument is that in this whole diaspora should return home, there's usually two narratives. Either a black messiah, I'm so much better, I'm bringing all these wonderful things to this dark continent and like I am the person that's going to save the continent. Or... It's, I'm just here to enrich myself. I've been oppressed where I came from and I'm coming to a society where I will be higher up in the hierarchy and be able to oppress other people. Equally trash. And I think we should throw them both out. Uh, For the most part, I would say that there is a skills gap in Africa that simply can't be resolved through remittances. That's my opening statement. Sure, sure. Love it. I'm now going to go a bit deeper into some of the concepts you've raised, interrogate you and see just how committed you are to your side of the argument. 
I'm going to start with you, Noddy. Obviously, you're in Nigeria as we record this. Born here, what out of the Black Messiah or the Enricher yourself led you to be in Nigeria working at this moment? Going to Nigeria... I kind of approached it in a similar way as I would approach moving to any country. I didn't necessarily have this I'm going home thing because I've actually never lived here. I feel as though when people say I'm returning home, you need to interrogate why exactly you're doing that. And a lot of the time it is either because you think that there are opportunities to be gained or because you think that there is something that you can bring that the continent doesn't have. I'm not saying that neither of those are true, but I just think that people don't interrogate why. In terms of where I fit in now, honestly, I don't know. I'm just living here. Appreciate the honesty. And Okemdi, coming over to you. So I'm not African-American, so I don't want to say what's home to them and what's not. But I've noticed a spike in African-American celebrities going to Africa to find out more about their roots. For example, Dave Chappelle has been doing a lot of stuff in Africa. Naomi Campbell just found out J. Cole is now a professional African basketball player. Um, take <laughs> Sorry, that what? what you will. Yeah, that, that's wild. That's wild. He's playing professional basketball in, in Africa, in, in an African team. And so... J. Cole is not a part of my <laughs> argument. Let me just say that right now. <laughs> but I guess I just want to get your take on African-Americans, people who may be further removed from Africa, potentially finding solace over there and if you think that has maybe fueled this whole narrative of Africa now being the trendy place and maybe even a form of gentrification it's an interesting one so I, w- I wouldn't say that it's, it's fueled this whole narrative I think the argument towards going back to Africa is one that has existed for a long time actually to be fair it's been somewhat of a battery pack because of the emergence of a lot of cultural items like you know Afrobeats and my piano all that kind of music I think it's starting to bring it to people's minds you know whether or not they should be doing more for their quote-unquote home country or continent within that you do have to be careful with your reasoning towards going back right I'm, I'm not going to argue against that point if you're going back for the wrong reasons nigeria is going to chew you up and spit you out to be very honest i'm just being very honest with you you're not going to get very far with that kind of energy but by the same token if you're thinking less extreme and you've noticed that there's a gap somewhere so like healthcare for example let's say you've been a doctor in nigeria and then an opportunity arises in canada you go there your practice grows exponentially but you notice that you know there still aren't that many doctors back your village your town whatever that can't be solved through sending money back. You send money back to someone, even if they can afford to pay for their medical bills. Hospitals still, unfortunately, probably in a bad state. In your example, this doctor had started out in Nigeria. Would you have the same energy for someone like myself who's grown up here? Skill gap is still there, but I find that there might be like some tensions between you know the infrastructure. Am I potentially taking jobs away from someone who's grown up in Nigeria? I still want to help, but it may not be as ideal as as I might think it is. Completely understand that standpoint. One, I would probably argue that you have to understand there's going to be an educating period for you. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying it's going to, you're going to go back there and you're going to be phenomenal at whatever it is that you choose to do. No, you're going to get kicked in the teeth, kicked in the stomach, probably kicked in the behind, and someone's going to close the door on your hands. Like, it's not <laughs> an easy place to be successful. Just being very realistic, you have to decide whether or not getting a job that pays you in Naira is actually beneficial to your growth and development. That's a very key thing that I don't think people consider. There are a few studies done for some African countries, Egypt in particular, that said that migrants that come back to Egypt tend to be more entrepreneurial because 
I think a lot of the time, you know, you go back to Nigeria now and you recognise that 100k, 200k a month isn't a livable wage, let alone the minimum wage that is afforded to the vast majority of Nigerians. But a lot of them do go back with capital that they've gained from being overseas and try and start something for themselves. The concept of home is very important to this debate. A lot of you kind of touched on people saying, you know, going back or going home, even though they may have just lived here their whole time. What do you consider to be Home. So I've had a couple of experiences of moving to other countries and moving always just reminds me that London is home. Of any place in the world, that's where I feel like I belong the most. That could potentially change depending on if I stay somewhere else for a long time because I did, you know, spend all my formative years in London. This whole kind of we're all from Africa sometimes can be a bit of a controversial statement. And I think it's important to know your history and to know your roots and stuff. But there are multiple histories plural, that make up every single person. So for a Black British person, second generation, who is to some extent Nigerian or has Nigerian ancestry, I feel like they should have some sort of agency over which histories are important to them. And it's not to say that they're like denouncing their Nigerian heritage, but it might be that the Black British history or the history of like, you know, Black immigrants in the UK is what really speaks to them. And I feel as though this kind of, oh, everyone just go back home, like there's nothing for you in England or insert whatever other country you're in. You shouldn't force people to kind of disassociate with wherever they are for some sort of like mythical home if it's not what feels like home to them. Great answer. I think it's tough because I think sometimes the forcing of like the dissociation is not even coming from your own people. It's not coming from Nigerians. It's coming from in recent years. There has been a lot, you know, <laughs> with uh, Preeti Patel, the Windrush scandal. We're fighting to be seen in a context that doesn't really want to accept us. I think you should be able to feel comfortable, safe and included and accepted in your home. I think I do have the privilege of doing that in a lot of situations, but I do have sympathy for people who feel like they're not able to do that mm. in Western environments. What you said is actually really important and I have a lot of sympathy for people who are made to feel like that, especially in like a consistent way. London particularly, we have the benefit of it being an extremely like multicultural city. You're surrounded by so many other like British hyphen something else. Whereas like if I had grown up as a Nigerian person in, I don't know, Norfolk or like a random like small town in Sweden or something, then that sense of like, this is not my home might've been a lot more apparent. But I will also say that I feel as though the solution, quote unquote, of like, let me go back to my real home is drastically oversimplified. There are a lot of times being here where I am made to understand that I did not grow up here. This is not my home in some senses. And I feel as though we almost push this very dreamy, idealistic narrative of like, I'll just kind of like skip to Nigeria and like just tie my gele and we'll all have a great time. But it's not necessarily that easy. So Kemdi, I want to touch on Pomoja. From what I understand, you kind of work with companies across Africa, consult with them or startups to improve. Is that the basis of what it is? Yeah, it's basically like a pre-accelerator. At the core of it, it's trying to leverage our knowledge, Africans in diaspora, their knowledge in strategy, if they work for like a Deloitte or an Accenture and all those kind of things, finance, and trying to contribute back to young entrepreneurs across Africa. But it's not solely just using 
our knowledge. We do partner with people that are already in that country, for example. So the project that we did in Kenya, we had a number of people that were living and working in Kenya that could obviously give us better insight into what's going on in that particular environment. But then we also had people contributing from like the US, people from the UK, Ghana, all, all over. Hopefully kind of squeezed and moulded together can create something tangible for that particular entrepreneur to then take forward as a means to kind of combat this brain drain somewhat, but also as a means to show kind of the cross collaboration that can exist if Africans in diaspora are willing. So is that not like a tangible way to improve the skill gap without necessarily going back, benefiting yourself, but like a nice grassroots way to address some of the issues that you've spoken about while bringing out the wealth that already exists in Africa? And to some extent, maybe a better alternative than the return. <laughs> I, w I wish we were that incredible. <laughs> I, I really do wish that. But I would argue that one of the reasons we couldn't go to Kenya where uh, Nairobi, where, where the project was, was because, you know, COVID. But ideally, you'd like to have boots on the ground so that there's a cross collaboration both ways. Having the respect for someone to go to their country and see what kind of things you can do. But while realising that the indigenous knowledge is a lot more valuable than your knowledge. It's not about being away or so removed from the country that you're talking at someone. It's easy to be seen as a kind of like black saviour. Would you still say that there is still a need for children of the diaspora to overvalue where they feel like they can add it? Do you feel any calling at all to get involved in Nigeria? Yes, in some ways. I think definitely being here, it started to make me slightly uncomfortable that I can be here and just be okay and not necessarily do anything to change where I am. I feel as though like we invest a lot of time and energy and money into protecting ourselves from all of the things that are currently wrong with Nigeria and not so much time or energy into changing those things. A lot of which, to be fair, is, you know, the job of the government, but we won't get into that. I do think that I have some sort of duty to make some sort of change, but I'm also very, very aware of this kind of like, yeah, as I said, this whole like Black Saviour, Black Messiah thing. It is time for the main debate. I'm no longer a buffer. Akemdi, Noni, you are free to challenge each other directly, point out the flaws in the opposing argument. Let's go. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. With some professions, brain drain is not something 
to be smirked at? Where does the IP stay? A lot of Nigerians, a lot of whoever go abroad and establish things like very good things, but whatever they set up, the IP remains in that country and would likely be sold back to that developing country. I think in Ghana, they spent millions on training doctors and the vast majority of those doctors that they train ended up leaving and going to the UK to take up opportunities there. And the UK ended up saving something like 200 or 250k per doctor that they receive. The UK is benefiting from Ghana's work and likely other countries' work. I'm not saying that I believe that I'm going back to Nigeria and I'm the person Nigeria needs. No, I am one of millions of people that could possibly help in my particular profession to bring light to certain things instead of taking the things that I've learned and only applying them in a place that doesn't need it as much or it's not really going to hold as much value. I would say Nigeria needs a lot of things and I could be one of the people, I can be one of the cogs in within the machinery. I think the reality of the situation is that most people don't move back to be a cog. They move back to be like, I'm creating the damn factory. Like I'm going to be all the <laughs> machines. And so it takes a lot of humility to come and be a cog. And I, I don't think most people are on that. I'm not going to lie. I would agree. I think a lot of people have to also remember that there's a lot of indigenous knowledge that needs to be applied to whatever it is you've learned somewhere else. Right? You can't just come and think that everything that works in the UK, you can't just control C, control V. It's not how it works. One thing I wanted to ask was, do you think you would feel how you felt, Noni, if you hadn't have spent the time that you've spent now in Nigeria? Do you think you might have spent more time insulating yourself from the issues of Nigeria? Would I have had the same kind of realisation if I wasn't here? I don't think so. I think it was in being here and having to kind of like confront it in a consistent way. In general, my whole thing, it really grinds my gears when people are like acutely aware of their oppression in one context, but like completely blind to how they might be the oppressor in another context. For a lot of people in the diaspora, them moving back here, they automatically become part of a 1% because mm. just by virtue of the fact that you were previously saving in like pounds or dollars or some other kind of currency, like when you convert that into Naira, you're already straight away like a very rich percentage of the population. Then on top of that, the fact that you might have a foreign education, all of these kind of things, again, add to your social capital, which pushes you into an elite. And I feel as though instead of it being like, how can I make it better? You're then happy about the fact that it's like, okay, I can have domestic staff and pay them a wage, which... You would never even think about paying anybody in London because that would be exploitation. Mm. You're not thinking, oh, okay, wood, 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 let wood, me, wood. you know, put people on. You're just thinking like, oh, cheap labor, great. If you're that pressed about inequality, then be pressed about inequality in general. Here, we're doing think peace and we're all, you know, saying other oh, institutional racism and we need to deconstruct and, you know, we have to change society. But then as soon as it benefits you, it's like, nah, I'm good. This is home. Yes, yes. Don't go anywhere and be an oppressor, right? Like, that's kind of wild. Your engineering degree from Imperial is likely going to be a lot more useful in Nigeria. But again, you can't go into it thinking that with my Imperial degree from London, I'm going to go and win all these government contracts because I'm friends with the VP's son and I'm going to go and build a road that's not going to do anything for anybody and continue this cycle of corruption. Your kind of position has assumed people go back with this kind of like macho persona or whatever but a lot of the time it's human nature coming in you may have good intentions when you go out but 
by the time you're there, gotten used to the cheap prices because you're coming from a place where you're average. So what are like tangible ways that you see avoiding that basically? Because a lot of the mentality might not even be there until you're back. This whole idea of what you said, human nature, I think is really important. 19th century, the movement around free slaves to like go back to Africa. And this was kind of like one of the first back to Africa sort of movements. And, you know, they went to like Freetown, like Syria and like started their own sort of like colonies, went to Liberia. And actually like there were a lot of clashes between them and the indigenous populations because essentially like they came back from America and were trying to oppress the people there. There was issues in terms of like them thinking that the way that they did religion, like Christianity, like all of those sort of things were better. And so I just wanted to ask the community, like when you look at your friends or people that you know that are moving back, like in terms of averages, do you think people fall more towards, I'm really just trying to chop life? Or do you think people fall more towards this altruistic, I'm just trying to be a cog? I would say it's 50-50. Convenient. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, gen genuinely. When I was doing my master's, there was something we did called a reflexive diary, where you essentially talk about things that you notice, but then you also reflect on those thoughts with grounded theory and literature and all that kind of stuff in order for you to better understand why it is that you think in particular ways and understand that that thought process can either be incredibly harmful or very positive and i think it's something that a lot of people need to do in order to humble themselves but then you know i think a lot of the time it comes from how people are raised my sister says I think she read it in a book somewhere. There's no such thing as business ethics. There's just ethics. You're either a good or just a bad person, right? You don't you don't necessarily do something, oh, I'm only doing it because it's it's, it's business, right? You're doing that because, you know, low-key, that, that's a very bad thing that you're doing. But you're framing it as, I'm only doing it because it's business. But in reality, that's just who you are as a human being because there there is always an option to whatever it is that you think it is that, that you're doing. I wanted to come back to this like skills gap. I was having a conversation with a relative and I asked if there were two people that were equally skilled at a job, but one was born and bred in Nige, never left Nige, and the other person was in the way that I would consider myself British Nigerian, so maybe had been born elsewhere, spent their life elsewhere, who would he hire? And so that hesitation was kind of like, oh, he'll probably hire the foreign person. If you said that their skills were exactly the same, like they were equally qualified to the job. And I feel as though this like, internalized still kind of colonial mentality we have which like prioritizes everything foreign and I definitely have experienced that in work like obviously don't get it twisted like I'm very good at my job but at the same time come on come on thank you very much thank you you're too kind you're too kind I came into my company foreign degrees British accent, speaking for now, like as they like to say, and I was treated differently because of it. Nigeria has massive unemployment rates, right? When you now have like this influx of people coming to take skilled labor who, if all things are equal, they're put forward just because they're coming from elsewhere. And if anything, it's like, yes, there is a skills gap, but would that potentially almost like stop the need of investing or fixing the education system because you're just like okay like I'm just going to attract all of these people from abroad so like I don't actually necessarily need to solve the immediate problem of there aren't people on ground to hire into these roles. It's an interesting argument right where our value lies and there's definitely a professional development training that a lot of Nigerian businesses don't want to do so when you have a foreign degree or when you come from the abroad or whatever they just immediately presume that okay you've already got these skills that I'm looking for but then there are a number of other things that are also issues I would agree we do need to fix the education system but 
once you fix an education system, it would then take a decade and a bit probably before you start realizing the benefits because it's not necessarily immediate. There is an immediate need to fix the skills gap. And not if you don't go back, there'll be this, that and the other. But if people don't start recognizing that and don't start at least trying to apply their knowledge in whichever country it is that they come from, their country is going to be paying the UN and all these other development quote-unquote organizations exorbitant amounts of money for consultation over things that they could have basically gotten if people that have been boringly educated just came back and started identifying things that did need to be changed and how to change them and what can work in a Nigerian context once they've understood the Nigerian context. Yes, I do definitely understand the fact that if you just say, oh, all of you come back, we'll start paying you loads of money, they can start ignoring the things that need to be fake. But I can also argue they're ignoring it anyway and they're just happy to spend exorbitant amounts of money to all of these development institutions. There was a study done on South Africans that returned back to South Africa in the last five years years of that study and they found that every skilled person who returned home to South Africa nine jobs were created in the formal and informal sector yes nine might not seem like a lot but when 359,000 people are coming back to South Africa and then adding nine jobs to the economy the nine jobs being created were they in like the same company or whether it spoke to like job quality or anything because if I'm moving back to become CEO of a company but then I'm employing like a driver a housekeeper yes I'm adding to the economy and like to some extent like creating wealth but I don't know if we should like stop at that and like consider that a win in terms of like for people on ground so it just said nine nine jobs in the formal and informal sector. I was reading a, an article that referenced that article and I didn't go through and read that whole article. I apologise. No, you're good, you're good. <laughs> it was a good challenge, to be fair. So we kind of spoke about a lot of the negative attitudes surrounded by going back. But I found an interesting article about Americans going back to Japan. And it said that though the primary cause of most diasporic return was economic pressures, so I guess um, from the Western country. Actually, the connection to one's ethnic roots and ancestry and the kind of affinity to the country kind of took over and it became a lot more emotionally charged. That's a positive thing that we haven't really touched on that much. Do you not think that there is this emotional thing that we might not see and the kind of the hedonic rewards of returning home that you you may not experience until you're there and may bring more positive consequences than we think. Positive consequences for who? Or for whom? Mm. <laughs> well, for example, this would obviously be a very ideal situation. You go back, you're just touched. You might start a charity, you might start a school. You may be led to just do something that you might have not even thought of. But being home is, oh, sorry, I just turned home. But being back, being there has brought, <laughs> brought out something in you that you, you didn't know because you weren't there before. No, I, I hear what you're saying. And I think there is a sense of if you're saying somewhere is home and you start to feel like oh this is where I come from this community is my community there is almost like a duty of care that then follows I see that positivity I would argue that a lot of people don't get there they got there in this report <laughs> that's a very fair point is this line of thinking influence is it influenced on the people that you hang around with in Lagos there's a cocoon in a certain strata of society in, in Lagos, in Nigeria in general, but particularly, you know, it's quite prevalent in Lagos. 
there is like if I said a lot of negative stuff that we're talking about that people come with this domineering mentality but do you think that because of the people that you've seen and the fact that they're already from privileged backgrounds that or do you think that you know people that aren't necessarily from as privileged backgrounds of the people that you tend to hang out with I presume is influencing a lot of the negative things that you're saying no shade to them of course yeah no, no shade you don't, you don't have to name names you know what I mean all my friends are trash but... and no I'm kidding I think to some extent obviously my thoughts would be influenced by the people that I hang out with I also think that my thoughts are influenced by the people that I hang out with in the UK and so the things that might be influencing that let me just pack my bags and go would be oh maybe you're frustrated at work maybe like the dating scene is trash and like you know you're thinking okay let, let me just go home kind of thing where they'll treat me better so I think yeah there's those contexts I also think that more widely we are socialized to be quite individualistic in general and so the idea of not just thinking beyond yourself but then also having diligence to act on it, even when it might not necessarily be in your immediate best interest. I don't think that that is that normal. And so I feel like the combination of those three things makes me feel as though what you're describing is not necessarily the journey that most people take. And also, this is also coming from seeing an older generation as well, where it's very much like, let me try and sort out myself, my fam, provide opportunities to the immediate people around me. And then maybe like if given the opportunity, I'll try and help. But when you're really thinking about structural change, it's difficult to like maintain that kind of vim and maintain that kind of energy. Like I, I feel like what I'm asking is like, quite a huge ask so it's not even so much that I'm saying like oh you're a bad person for like not doing that or for like just wanting to move for economic opportunities or all that kind of stuff I just I think that like it happens more often before I make my decision I'm I'm honestly kind of stuck this experience kind of represents both sides of the debate so I went to South Africa in 2018 for six weeks uh don't at me I guess tourism and all that but it was a really worthwhile experience so I was a maths teacher in a school in a township, 7 to 2 p.m., 2 p.m. to 7 a.m. Essentially, I was free to live my best life. And I think that was where I got a lot of the holiday sensations, cheap wine, not even mentioned dating, the attention, like, as in the attention was there. I could easily Jeez, see why not that my piano music was getting to you. But, yeah. <laughs> Come on. It goes down my G's connect. Come on. My Cape Town lover. So what's your baby? Yeah, I think growing up in like relatively white spaces, the contrast, it was there. I can understand someone going back and feeling like appreciated, feeling like, you know, why am I here? And on the other hand, I was a teacher and I tried, you know, my best to whatever I did to ensure that I made enough connection with the teachers there in the school for six weeks, you know, not enough time that some of the things could continue. South Africa, um, where I'm not from, there's so little, I guess, you can actually do from here. I don't actually know if I <laughs> summarised it or expanded it, but essentially now it's time for <laughs> the, the closing statement. 30 seconds to get me on your side. there's an immediate skills gap whether or not the structural changes happen in the next decade or so there's definitely an immediate need to have the knowledge that you might have built reapplied and molded 
to suit indigenous knowledge as well to hopefully create something beautiful that you can be proud of instead of plugging it back into an economy that will likely bring up another one of you in two seconds as opposed to an economy that it would probably take a good number of years for them to get similar amount of knowledge. I don't think that we, as in the diaspora, should all just be going back. I think there are a lot more things to think about. I think that it's very easy to go back and just become an oppressor. I think it's very easy to go back and not make any material difference. And I think that unless you're willing to really address all of those things, stay where you are. This is actually a very difficult decision. My decision today will be influenced by what I personally think is in my future or a consideration for my future. I remember when I learned about Africa, be it in geography or economics, and feeling very helpless, I'd say. Learning about the issues with foreign aid and how it's all a scam. This wasn't honestly just with Nigeria. This was me being passionate about development and actually wanting to do something. And so I'm like, if I want to do something, surely it makes sense to start with somewhere that I have some sort of affiliation to. I don't think that I know enough to go and like have the perfect solution, but I definitely think I should be looking to fill in that information gap before I'm going back to fill in the skills gap in the end. Yes, there are issues that come. Yes, realistically, I'm not going to go and stay directly in the village. I'm probably going to stay in a nice place that is cheaper than it would be if it was in London. So I don't think it's the perfect solution for people to go but I genuinely do think that if your heart is in it you at least need to try and be wary of the things that we mentioned today. Okemdi, you've won. There are people that might be listening to this and think, oh, but my, there's an incredible amount of insecurity in my country. Obviously, it's not possible for me to go back. Apl- apply some common sense in those areas. I'm not saying that you should go back to a war-torn country. Do you know what I mean? I'm saying if there's relative stability and a platform for you to create something. Kicked in the stomach, kicked in the bum, and someone's going to close the door on your fingers. The conversation does not stop here. Follow us on Instagram at TheMotion underscore. Tweet us your thoughts at TheMotionPod underscore. Send us an email, TheMotionPodcast at gmail.com. And listen to our radio show every Sunday live on Wizard Radio from 5pm. Be blessed, stay safe, and have a wonderful week. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.